This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The Gist is sponsored by Citrix GoToMeeting. When meetings matter, millions choose GoToMeeting. Hold a meeting with anyone from the convenience of your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Get a free 30-day trial by visiting GoToMeeting.com and clicking the Try It Free button. And by Sherry's Berries. Treat your mom to something sweet this Mother's Day with fresh berries dipped in chocolate starting at just $19.99. It's a great last-minute gift, and right now you can double your berries for just $5 more. Visit berries.com, click on the microphone, and use the code GIST. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com and the promo code GIST. The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Wednesday, May 5th, 2015. From Slate, it's the GIST. I'm Mike Pascal. Well, we have done it. We have demonstrated our staying power, our remarkable staying power. As judged against theocracy, the gist has lasted longer than 14 popes. As judged against the presidency, the gist has lasted longer than the combined tenure of Presidents Garfield and William Henry Harrison. As judged against the pre-presidency of the guy on the 20, the gist has lasted longer than Andrew Jackson's first term in the U.S. Senate. The gist has lasted longer than Andrew Jackson's term as military governor of Florida. The gist has lasted longer than Andrew Jackson's record streak for not saying the word effluvia. As judged against civil engineering, the gist has lasted longer than the entire lifespan of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, which at the time was the third longest span. It opened in July 1940, it collapsed in September 1940. As judged against nature, the gist has lasted longer than the lifespan of a dragonfly, some snails, not a hamster. Hamster lives for two years, so let's say an extremely reckless hamster. The gist has lasted longer, well, as judged against matrimony, the gist has lasted longer than the combined marriages of Lisa Marie Presley to Nicolas Cage, Pamela Anderson to Kid Rock, and Dennis Rodman to Carmen Electra. If they lived in a polyamorous-type relationship, I think it would be even less than all that. Also, Sharon Greg Allman, throw that into the mix, just has lasted longer than all those celebrity marriages combined. As judged against television, the just has lasted longer than Freaks and Geeks lasted, lasted longer than Police Squad lasted, lasted longer than Connie Chung lasted on the CBS Evening News. As judged against historic monarchies, King Fuad II of Egypt... King Emperor Edward VIII of England, Emperor Augustine I of the Mexican Empire, as judged against the length of time that Joan Didion engaged in magical thinking. Actually, it's a tie with that because we are one year old. We're one year old. We started May 5th, just me and Andrea and a dream. And that dream was to last a year to get this ankle bracelet off, to be able to drink fortified wine and travel across state lines. And all of it came true. So therefore, I'm going to thank you the listeners. You guys have empowered me. Wind, wings, you're beneath them. It has been a great ride. Tell a friend. Subscribe a friend. Because we got to get, you know, we got to get on our side. We got to get Big Mo, Mighty Mo. You know what I mean by Mo? 
a mohair caftan. I feel if I was wearing a mohair caftan, the audience would grow. Also, we need momentum, a little momentum. We have momentum, but we have to build on it. So if you like the gist, tell people about the gist. But I really want to say, and I say this at the end of most every show, but let me say it up top so you make no mistake. Thank you for listening. Today on the show, why isn't the ISIS attack being treated as an ISIS smackdown? But first, a conversation with a guy who lasted in his job a little bit longer than we have, John Max, crafter of late night comedy. Think about the time. Think about the money. Think about the hassle it takes to wrangle an elephant. Mm-hmm. Thinking about that, construct a nuclear deal with Iran. Okay, how about this one? Hold a meeting. That's right. That's a pretty big bummer, too. My recommendation can't help you with the elephant or the Iranian thing, but you can meet your clients and coworkers online with Citrix GoToMeeting because it's the smarter way to meet. GoToMeeting makes it easy to meet with your team whenever you need to, wherever you are, because with GoToMeeting, you can meet from any computer, tablet, or smartphone without travel expenses, the hassle of traffic, getting trampled by giant megafauna, the Ayatollah yelling at you. Your team can join by clicking a link, no signups, no speed bumps, turn on your webcam, and with HD quality, it's like being in the room, but there's no elephant in the room. This is the genius of GoToMeeting. You can share screens to present, review, and get feedback in real time. Everyone sees what you're doing so your team can get to the same page and get going. I'd like you to sign up for GoToMeeting today. You can try it free for 30 days, nothing to lose. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Do it now and have your first meeting up and running in minutes. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. So there are very few professions where a call from John Kerry gets shunted aside for a call from Miss Piggy, with the idea being John Kerry is a one-time gig, but Miss Piggy, she just keeps paying dividends over and over and over again. And the name of that profession, who makes that choice, the name of that profession is comedy writer. John Max is a premier comedy writer. He wrote for The Tonight Show with Jay Leno for all 22 years. He's the author of four previous books before this book, Monologue, What Makes America Laugh Before Bed. Hey, John. Hey, how are you? In 22 years, other than presidents, they're going to be mainstays. Who's on the Mount Rushmore of your comedy targets? Oh, in terms of, I mean, well, you know, the, the Kardashians have moved right in there. Uh, you know, first, first of all, there's three. During last night's season premiere of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Kim said that in an effort to get pregnant again, she lays flat after sex to let things marinate. <laughs> well, her butt is flat. The rest of her is three feet up in the air. Uh, you know, O.J. Simpson, obviously, for, uh, you, know, you know, not only the trial, but then the, the second trial with the, uh, with the memorabilia, uh, Ray uh, Rice's high school has officially cut ties with him. Yes, his high school, where he went to high school, they cut ties with him. Today, his old principal said, those are not the values we espouse here at O.J. Simpson High. <laughs> you know, in terms of, I wouldn't put him political, obviously, but the idea of Osama bin Laden, once we got to the point past September 11th when we could joke again and wanted to joke again. The ability, you know, when you want to diminish the enemy, which is, you know, something you do, you do it through humor. And it's something that Charlie Chaplin did with Hitler. It's what Jack Benny did with Hitler. It's what we did with bin Laden. Final words of Osama bin Laden. Here we go, number 10. Then. My horoscope says the big surprises are in store. 
Uh, number nine. See, this is why I normally don't answer the door. Hugh Hefner, also a great, you know, a guy who is, what, 88 years old and now, what, dating 17-year-olds? Mm -hmm. uh, in a new interview, Hugh Hefner said that in his lifetime, he has slept with over 1,000 women. Yeah. Which, for Hef, averages out to one a year. <laughs> and Charlie Sheen, and, and I love Charlie for two reasons. Number one is he never took it seriously. He never got upset. He'd always come on the show, and he was always good once a year for some outrageous story. <laughs> and and uh, really liked the guy. Admire him, liked him, and he was always a great card. Charlie Sheen joined Twitter two days ago. Two days ago. He already has 1.4 million people following him. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Though, though, to be fair, most of those people work for the Center for Disease Control. So Sheen, Kardashian, O.J. Hefner, I'm not, okay, let's not put Osama there. They're all L.A. guys, and you're an L.A.-based show. That's not a coincidence, I don't think. Well, you, you know, it's, 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 I would throw, if I was to go to New York, I mean, I would go uh, Donald Trump. That's the name I wrote down, Trump, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Today, Trump Entertainment Resorts declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah. Or as Donald Trump describes Chapter 11, back-to-back -back number ones. <laughs> There was a good period there when Liza Minnelli uh, was uh, with, with her marriage to David Guest was there, um, you know, was was right up there at the top. Uh, there was Joey Buttafuoco. Uh, you know, there were people, you know, when I look back, he's, it was almost those who got involved, you know, who became, they weren't celebrities because of talent. They became celebrities through dumb things they did, like Amy Fisher, right. Joey Buttafuoco. The tanning mom, uh, people like that. Yeah, astronaut, uh, the uh, astronaut in love. Yeah, the astronaut, the, the runaway, runaway bride. bride yeah, I, I forget where she was. They become, you know, think about it. We know these people by almost their comic nicknames. Do you know what I mean? The yes. runaway bride, tanning mom. Right. You know, the diaper astronaut woman. All those things. That's a tough comma to get rid of after your name. <laughs> Horny president. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you ever write a joke? This isn't your job, but sometimes it happens. You ever write a joke that changed something beyond the monologue, beyond the joke? I would have to think that all late night monologues, I think I want to broaden that out a little bit, that what happens is they serve three purposes, what they do. They can amplify they can filter and they can and, and they can paint a picture. They can amplify because if there's a small story out there, and an example would be uh, a few years ago, the, the head of the GSA spent $823,000 on some Las Vegas uh, conference. Mm -hmm. It was a small article, and we started doing jokes about it. Our jokes started to get used on the 24-hour news cycle shows. Right. And then people in Washington got outraged, and the woman resigned her position. Did we affect government policy that way? No, I'm sure they're still having $800,000 conferences in Las Vegas. But it brought it to attention. So we amplify. We filter to, you know, there's so many stories out there every day. You know, how many do you read? How many do I read? What makes the monologue, by definition, then, is there's somebody, whether it's Dave or Jay or Jimmy or Jimmy or whatever, they're saying, okay, this is something we should know about. Since Leno was a great comic, even before he took over The Tonight Show, did he come in with uh, rules or philosophy or anything that he taught you? I think the one thing that, that he often said that stuck with me is, let's be like the mafia and leave the family out of it. Mm. You know, so Bill and Hillary, yeah, you can do jokes about the Clintons. Chelsea, you'll leave alone. And then the other thing, just by observing 
Jay never made, tried not to make fun down. He always tried to make fun up, especially when it came to politicians or celebrities. Don't pick on the weak. Yeah. You know I mean, your target's the President of the United States. Your target's the $72 million of your Kardashians. So a new guy joins the staff, and he writes some jokes, and they're great jokes, but maybe you say something like, you know, Jay doesn't like that, or Jay's going to want to do this with that. What are some of those things? You know, I, what happened was it was also self-contained. Uh, you know, everyone has, has a vision of, you know, a comedy writer sitting around a table and, and back and forth. But really, it, you're in your office doing your job. I mean, I would go and I'd write my 100 jokes a day and I'd turn them in and I would find out at the end of the day whether Jay used any. Yeah. The staff weeded out quickly. When new writers came in, they, you know, you, you come in with a 13-week contract. That's standard. At the end of 13 weeks, they'd either be gone or they'd be there for 15 years. So did you keep a batting average on yourself? I mean, I, because I'm a statistics freak, I used to, first of all, I used to try to write 100 jokes a day every right. day. And you use nine topics, right? You randomly yeah. one day said, I'm going to just uh, have nine things to write a joke about, and you were going to write like 11 jokes about each one. Yeah, you know, or, you know, what I do is actually, I'd probably got to about 60 or 70 on that, and yeah. then you'd go to the small odd topics, mm -hmm. what I call, you know, a man in Belgium fell into a wood chipper today. You know, that <laughs> kind of, you know, you go to the one-offs, the one -offs, but what happened is I figured out, Okay, 4,610 shows, 100 jokes a day for the monologue, another 10 to 15 for bits and sketches. It's about 500,000 jokes over my career. And 18,000 got in, which, oh, you're, oh my God, 18,000? No, 482,000 are in a landfill somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, unused, untapped, and just, you know, gathering mulch. So <laughs> They're not a landfill somewhere. They made it onto Chelsea lately. Come on. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. But, you know, and, and because they're topical jokes, you know, people often say, well, could you repurpose them? No, they, they yeah. you know, like a 24-hour fruit fly, yeah. you know, they're born and then they die. Yeah, you ever have a joke you regret? One you'd like to take back, not just for wording, but because it hurt someone or said something wrong or something like that? Uh, yeah, I, there's, there's really two uh, areas. The, the one was we did jokes about Richard Jewell. And because, you know, we don't make it up, CNN and everyone else thought he was the Atlanta Park bomber. He was that poor security guard. And, you know, everyone did jokes about him. And he was completely 100% innocent. And again, this is not an excuse. We obviously fed off the news reports, but I should have had that bull detector to say, something's off here. Mm -hmm. That detector went off well with the balloon boy, if you remember that. See, there's another name. You know, I'm watching the TV and they go, oh my God, there's a six-year-old boy floating away in a balloon. And I'm looking at that balloon as well as going, there's no way there's a child attached to her in that. That's just made up. And we waited an hour and found out, of course, that it was all made up. The other thing is there was a story a few, probably about three years ago about how Senator Bob Menendez, I was investigating him for being with some Dominican hookers. And right. we ran with it. And the story wasn't true. Again, the setup is the FBI is investigating Senator Blank. That was, in fact, true. The fact that it wasn't and that I leapt to a conclusion there, yeah, I feel, you know, I feel guilty and feel bad about that. The fact that he's now currently under investigation again for something else, yes. his problem, not mine. But he's under investigation for taking money from an ophthalmologist. And we know comedically, Dominican hookers versus ophthalmologists, there is no contest. That's a brilliant point. It's, it's something that, that Jay once told me. He goes, you know, you try to explain Iran-Contra to someone. <laughs> you know, what do you mean? Arms for hostages in Nicaragua? I don't get it. When you find out that, that somebody has their pants around their ankles and they're caught with someone they shouldn't, everybody gets it. <laughs> Who's the hardest since you take these gigs? You write for entertainers, 
John Kerry, who's not very entertaining. Who's the uh, toughest public person to write for and who was surprisingly great to write for? Pope Benedict was very tough. Really? I'm kidding. No, very tough. <laughs> just would, just did not really get stuff. No, yeah. the, yeah, he, the, he liked, the, he insisted on the punchline in Latin. That, you'd lose half the audience. Exactly. And then he'd say, you know, make it in German. It's funnier in German. <laughs> no, Pope, German's not a funny language. Just talk about your name, Ratzenberger. No, that's not funny. Surprisingly difficult to write for. Honestly, it would be just about anyone who's a paired presenter at an award show. Oh, yeah. You know, when you get a Jennifer Lopez who's introducing the award for best makeup or cinematography or whatever it may be, and her PR person says she'd like to be funny. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to work. Um, and you yeah, say, yeah, and I'd like to have her butt, but here we both ex- are with our lot in life. Ex- exactly. And, and, you know, something, I won't touch your butt, you don't touch my jokes. <laughs> John Max, the author of Monologue, What Makes America Laugh Before Bed? He's been doing it for 22 years. Just uh, Just 100 jokes a day. That's all he does. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Mother's Day is this weekend. It's pretty much the last minute. All right, it's the pre-anti-penultimate last minute, let's be honest. But we're right up against it, so we could go through all the options. But once you know that berries in chocolate are an option, that they ship to your door, that costs $19.99, there really are no other options. You got to get them. You got to get Shari's Berries, giant freshly dipped strawberries. That $19.99 is a 40% savings. But guess what? You could double your berries for five bucks more. What, 25 bucks for a buttload of berries? Sorry to put the word butt next to berries, but I get excited about these berries. Twice as many berries for $5 more. What you have to do is click on the microphone and type in the code, the gist. We eat these berries at home. There's nutty berries, there's dark chocolate goodness berries, decorative swizzle berries. I hate saying berries so much and not eating berries so much. There shouldn't be berries coming out of my mouth. There should be berries going in. Here you go. Here's how to get the amazing deal. Freshly dipped strawberries starting at $19.99 and double the berries for $5. You have to go to berries.com, click on the mic and enter my code just today. B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone. It's in the top right corner. Type in gist. Go to berries.com, click on the microphone and enter my code just. And now the spiel. Ice, is that all there is? A contest to draw the prophet Muhammad, an ill-conceived, or if you're a careless, self-aggrandizing, extremely cavalier provocateur, an extremely successful conference turned deadly, or to those organizers turned inevitable, when two residents of Phoenix, Arizona, drove to Garland, Texas, staged an incompetent attack and were summarily gunned down by a traffic cop. Since the attackers wore body armor, we have to assume that the policeman, armed with a pistol, was a very skilled shot and that the would-be terrorists were not. They did manage to shoot another security officer in the leg, but he was treated and released. There are a lot of questions about this attack, like the wisdom of the event, the inherent provocation, the line between free speech and insult, the advisability of staging future events like this. Those weren't the stories that cable news focused on. No, this was the story. Just moments ago, ISIS taking credit for that terror attack in Texas yesterday. ISIS is claiming that this is the first uh, terror attack by their organization on American soil. That changes everything. That was Fox News. The other news outlets conveyed the same message. This is a game changer. 
Well, no, it's not. Not that it shouldn't be marked as something. If what they're saying is true, then it is the first time an ISIS adherent has attacked within America. But is it true? Asked on Fox, the mayor of Garland, Texas, indicated skepticism. I, I want to get your uh, take on this news. Apparently, according to ISIS, uh, through their official radio station, they said that the attack on that free speech event a couple of nights ago there in your town was ISIS's first attack on American soil. And I was curious to hear your reaction to that. Well, I think it would be very easy for them to take claim and still have nothing to do with it. But even as the mayor was saying that it doesn't take a lot to take credit after the fact, the Chiron, which are the words below him, captioning his answer, said this. Texas under siege. Mayor reacts to ISIS attacking his town. So his reaction to ISIS attacking his town was, you know, it's pretty unclear that ISIS attacked my town. Another reaction could have been, you know, if ISIS attacked my town, that's pretty damn embarrassing for ISIS. As are these words in an ISIS radio broadcast that was quoted on NBC. The group also adding, quote, we tell America that what is coming will be even bigger and more bitter and that you will see the soldiers of ISIS do terrible things. Yeah, the soldiers were certainly terrible. They drive hundreds of miles, get out of a car and boom, get gunned down by a guy with a pistol. This may have been an ISIS attack in the sense that one of the attackers, Elton Simpson, was seems to have been an ISIS sympathizer who grabbed a gun to do what he perceived as the group's bidding. And if that's the case, and if I were ISIS, remember when President Obama said, if I could advise al-Qaeda, so this is one of those moments. But if I were ISIS, I might downplay my connection to these two crackpots, these two bad shot crackpots. Terrorism works because some facts are just so terrible that they can't be ignored. Facts like 9-11 or the Spanish train attack, Charlie Hebdo, July 7th, 2005 in London. And some terrorism works because we allow ourselves to be terrified. There are 11,000 firearm deaths a year. That's about 30 a day. Some are mass shootings. Some are acquaintance killings. Some are over drugs. Some are during crime. Some are by accident. If I choose to pay attention to less than 1% of these shootings, sure, I'll be terrorized. Look, I, I, I do think we should take the Boston bombing seriously. We could say, I, I guess you could make the case, look, only three were killed in the bombings, but it was actually four with the policemen and several hundred were injured. But that was clearly a mass attack on a public space and in line with genuine acts of terror. But if we give a microphone, if we give the headlines to every attacker, well, I'll say this, I, that's not even bad if we do that. But if we give our judgment and our sense of proportion to every would-be terrorist, then they will be terrorists. Am I saying that we should ignore every old nutcase or malefactor with a gun? No. Actually, I think we should pay attention to them, but we don't pay attention to them. We are inured to 99% of the shootings. So if we're not concerned with every nutcase, let's not let it be the case that we only pay attention to the Islamic extremist nutcases. We had a professor on this show. His name's Charles Kurzman, North Carolina points out that only 33 Americans have died from Muslim terrorists since 9-11. I didn't believe that stat. I challenged him. The stats hold up. The numbers are true. It doesn't mean we shouldn't be vigilant. We should be about a lot of gun crimes. We should be vigilant. Vigilant, but not terrified. And that's it for today's show. Andrea Salenzi, just producer. It is her one-year anniversary, too. That means it's her paper anniversary. So I have subscribed her to the Modesto Bee, a fine, fine paper. It carries, it has a jumble, beetle belly, everything you want. 
Joel Meyer joined a few months in. So it's not quite one. It's about his 0.7th anniversary. It is the linoleum anniversary. Happy flooring, Joel. Andy Bauer started way before the gist. In fact, did you know that July is going to be his 10th anniversary? His tin slash aluminum anniversary? Wow. You show someone you really care after 10 years, you get them some aluminum. The gist. Not to brag, but at one, we cruise, we can scribble spontaneously, we stack three blocks, and therefore we have the qualifications to be the next Bachelorette. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam Zabel, host of Adulthood Made Easy, and the next couple months will be a guide to grads dedicated to the class of 2015. We'll be talking about all of the things you're worried about right now. How to stay in touch with college friends, what a 9-to-5 job looks like, and how to explore and get comfortable in a new city. You can subscribe to Adulthood Made Easy and the rest of the Real Simple Podcasts at itunes.com slash panoply. 